I don't think my agency owners should be writing SOPs. I think they should be focused on the workflows. I think they should be focused on creating a couple of core SOPs, namely your communications SOP, and that's for internal communication and communication with your clients. And then your team is equipped to start creating those SOPs that you review. Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver, and this is the Digital Agency Show the podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. We've put together an agency accelerator package for agency owners and growing freelancers looking to scale. We've got all kinds of free resources like the 39 Lead Gen Strategies Checklist, our $20,000 website proposal template, live trainings hosted by yours truly, free access to our community group, and much, much more. Get access now and dive in at yougurus.com forward slash agency. That's yougurus.com forward slash agency. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners? Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver, and today we're hanging out with Melissa Morris. She is the founder of Agency Authority, a project management and operations consultancy for agency owners. She uses her 10 years of agency experience to help business owners maximize their team, increase their productivity, and grow their profits. She is firmly committed to breaking the long hours and bad pay stigma that plagues our agency world. Melissa and her team help business owners and their team members do the work they love without sacrificing client satisfaction, the bottom line, or their own sanity. Melissa, welcome to the program. Hi, Brent. Thanks for having me on. So prior to your agency authority, your current consultancy, yeah, what was your, what was your start in the agency world? I worked in agencies for 10 years, as it says there. So I got my degree in advertising in college. I really loved it. I worked in ad agencies for a number of years. And I, I see though where it can, uh, it can get messy. And there tends to be this reputation among agencies, I think, where, you know, oh, it's like working long hours and sometimes feeling like, um, at a client's, you know, beck and call. And that feels very draining. So fortunately, and, a number of the years that I worked in agencies was at this boutique agency. Um, there was about 10 of us. I wore a lot of hats and um, had some really great mentors there. And it really showed me how when done well, and you get certain foundations in place in your business, agency life doesn't have to feel that way, right? It doesn't have to feel like long hours and you know, a drain with the clients and and all of that. So now I'm here and I've spent the last, you know, five, six years helping other agency owners do the same, get out of the client work, get a team that can deliver as well as they they do, right? Get out of the burnout, the overwhelm and start getting more profits in their business. What do you, what do you see as like, you know, one or two of the leading causes for agency owners to get stuck burning, kind of stuck in that kind of burnout, overworking hustle state? So I see it really start to have happen at those multi-six figures where the agency owner has really grown. They're, they're bringing on team members and this idea of, I'm going to bring on more team and it's going to start saving me time stops working because everybody's now going to the agency owner for the answers and what to do next. And the agency owner still has their hands in all the client work. They're still overseeing a lot. And 
you feel like you're stuck in this position where bringing on more help doesn't feel like relief. It feels like more work. Um, and this is usually a sign that something's going on from an ops standpoint. And then this is, I think, where some of that stigma can come into of like, well, I'm just working, working, working. I have this team. I just feel like money's going out and the money's not coming in. So that's really, really where I love to come in and work with agencies, help them get these things in place so that million dollar mark doesn't feel so far away for them. Okay. So, so kind of that, 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 that valley, I guess, of, you know, you don't have quite a, a established leadership or management team yet, but you, uh, and, and you haven't quite figured out how to do that, that stuff yourself. So what, what are kind of like the couple things that you find are good starting points for people to, to at least look at, right? I mean, obviously you help clients do this very hands-on, but um, you know, what are some of the first things you tell people to start to keep an eye on? So I tell people to start working on their workflows first. What I see is a tendency for the agency owner to start writing down SOPs. So they do start to recognize that, hmm, I think if I tighten up some processes, I get some operations in place, things are going to feel a little better. So I do believe there's a, a bit of an awareness that that's a need in their business, but it feels overwhelming. They're not really sure where to start. And uh, one of the things I see them do is they start writing down SOPs and they think if I can just write down everything I do, then I can share this and the team will know what to do. But this is there's still a lot of growth in the business. There's still new team members. The agency owners trying to do it themselves. And they're really now documenting SOPs and the, the processes are changing faster than they can document them. Everything's always six months behind. It's never really getting done. And because it's not really an income producing activity, it falls to the bottom of the list. So I say, stop that. I don't think my agency owners should be writing SOPs. I think they should be focused on the workflows. I think they should be focused on creating a couple of core SOPs, namely your communications SOP, and that's for internal communication and communication with your clients. And then your team is equipped to start creating those SOPs that you review. Hey, what's up, agency owners? I want to let you know about a hosting platform that is giving digital agencies and creators around the world an edge when it comes to site speed, scalability, and profit. It's called Cloudways, and it's designed to create exceptional experiences for you and your clients that guarantees unmatched performance, reliability, and choice with 24-7 award-winning support. Cloudways is excited to offer our listeners a $50 hosting credit in addition to their amazing benefits of their agency partner program. For more details, head over to yougurus.com slash cloudways or use promo code DASCW when signing up. Let's get back to our show. So less on SOPs, more on workflows, like how the work yes. kind of passes between like the client and the team or the principal or the project manager mm -hmm. and then... And then those those different um, different team members in internally, um, is, is that something that just helps the agency owner kind of get clarity around like how this works, or is that something that's shared with the team? What are some principles around those workflow that workflow creation? So the workflow creation is really important, and I think it's a collaborative effort between the agency owner and the team because oftentimes, especially at that stage of business, the team tends to know things, know things um, that maybe the agency owner doesn't, and they start to develop their own little way of handling things. And these are actually what starts to make the agency owner nervous because the agency owner is feeling a little out of touch with what's going on in the agency because they find out account managers doing X, Y, and Z. And they're like, wait, when did we start doing that? <laughs> or they look over here and they're like, where did this ClickUp list come from? Why, do, why are we doing this? 
And the team is just doing their best also to try and get some things in place, keep track of their own work. But everybody's like MacGyvering the effort here and just doing what's kind of... And then you end up with a project management tool that's bunch of filled with a bunch of everybody's to-do lists. And that's a task manager. That's not a project manager, right? So we want to get out of that task management and get into project management, which comes through creating workflows. And so you collaborate with your team and you really talk through those key steps. And then once you get those mapped out, then you build your tool to support it. Okay. What are like when we look at common workflows, I'm just thinking of if I'm an agency owner and I've got working 60 hours a week, you know, where Mm -hmm. And I want to be working 35 hours a week. You know, what mm-hmm. What are common areas that I'm going to find that 25 hours? Like, because that's got to, it's got to be absorbed somewhere. Either it's it's something that we're eliminating because we mm-hmm. realize that a process is inefficient or we're delegating that over to somebody else to take over that thing. Like where, how do I get that 25 hours back so that I can feel like, oh, okay, now I'm working 35 hours a week. I can go see the kids soccer. I can go, you know, hang out with the family. I can pick up a hobby. Like, how do I, how do I get from 60 to, to 35? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think there are a couple of things that can be done there. So again, I've, I've talked a bit about addressing those workflows, but to get more specific, you really want to start looking at your client onboarding and your client management. Because for most of our agencies, it's the client work that's taking up the majority of their time. So if you're going to start focusing on cleaning up the back end or getting some things in place, those are the two places to start. And I love when you can start with client onboarding because what you're doing then is you're really setting both your client and the agency up for success. We're making sure everybody's getting off on the right foot. We're setting really clear expectations. We're getting really clear on the deliverables. So right out the gate, we're not doing work that we're not getting paid to do due to scope creep or an unclear statement of work. We're not uh, concerned about boundaries because clients are emailing all the time because we've just done a really good job during onboarding to be very clear about when and how we communicate with our clients, what we are doing, what is paid extra work and getting all of that dialed in. So then it comes into the management piece. So just by nailing client onboarding, you're going to start saving time. And then if you can work through some of those client management pieces and get them mapped out with some key milestones and in your project management tool, that will go a long way as well. So I think those are two key things that you can start to do from like a workflow standpoint. And then the other thing I encourage everybody to do is to track their time because I think people are often surprised how much time they spend going through emails, in internal meetings, and really doing tasks that they don't need to be doing and are not income-producing activities. And so shining a light on that and getting some data points can help you start to identify, this I can just get rid of, right? I'm posting to Facebook and we never get clients from Facebook. So maybe I should just (laughs) stop stressing out about that or whatever it looks like invoicing, can we get that automated? Um, But once we have those data points, then we can actually do something with that information. One of the things I see with, uh, and I love that you talk about onboarding and the client communication, client management, is that in that like early six figure, mid six figures, that the agency owner is still very much involved in many of the client meetings, if not all of the client meetings, I know there's probably some folks listening right now kind of nodding their head going, yep, I'm in all the client meetings. Almost as like a chaperone with the team in some cases. Like you're not, you're not sure if your team can deliver without you. Your team might say something that you're like, ooh, like that, you know, don't say that right in front of a client. How can you, like what kind of workflow or process development 
should we be thinking about to be able to really let go of the vine and go, you know what? My team can handle these meetings without me. Maybe my team can onboard without me. Maybe I don't have to be in every single one of those client meetings. I mean, I always look at that and say, you know, that that's where we can really free up people's time is when they we kind of pull them out of the process. So they're not even involved, but we're still delivering what the client needs. Yes. So a couple of things there are really useful. And I'm going to speak to, to this one first. And I've already mentioned it. It's that communication SOP. Okay. So what can happen is, is we have account managers and we have not trained or taught them how to be a manager of clients. Like they know okay. how to do the work. They may know how to check the box and click up or get the file out of Dropbox or whatever that starts to look like. But where there can be a big variation on is how often do I follow up with the client? What is something that makes me know I need to come to the agency owner? What are those red flags? What are things I need to hear? So specific to help with that, something I've seen, I was speaking with one of my agency owners and she said one of her key account managers, she says she gets frustrated because she'll meet with her and say, did we get approval on that yet? And the account manager says, oh, no, not yet. I emailed them last week. And she says, well, did you follow up? Oh, no, not yet. I don't want to bother them. And my agency owner's like, no, like if after a couple of days, you haven't heard from them, you follow up with them. And the first thing I said to my agency owner, I said, well, did you tell her? Like, did you tell her that's what she's supposed to do? And it was like, oh, no, I guess I never did. Like, I guess I never did share that that what expectation is. So these are the things that our agency owners lying awake at night thinking, oh, we don't have approval on this. I wonder if they followed up. I wonder if they've taken care of that. Where if it was very clear, you send a proof and you don't get feedback within 48 hours, you send a follow-up. If you haven't gotten feedback another two days later, you send another follow-up. If another day passes, then you let the agency owner know or you let your project manager know or you like the phone a friend moment. So those are those red flags that I'm talking about. Like at what moment do you need to pull in the agency owner and where can your account managers and the rest of your team feel empowered to take action on their own? And when you've laid that out and everybody's on the same page, the agency owner rests a little easier because they know that the client is going to be treated in the way that they want them to be treated. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And, and, and on the client onboarding, I mean, what are... Are, are there things that, and I love like the phrase income producing for the for the agency owner to be doing stuff that's actually producing income. And, and I do feel like there are those touch points like onboarding or others where it's really easy like over-engineer like, uh, like one of those uh, uh, like obstacle-like things where you like press yeah. the domino and it like goes around. I, for some reason, I'm, I'm blanking on- Like the on game mousetrap or something. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, like I think it's really easy to like do that. I mean, I guess what are some ways that you've seen help to make that take onboarding off as like a painful thing? Uh, a Rube Goldberg machine, that's what it was. Um, <laughs> so like, how do, you, how do you make onboarding efficient and, and, and also not something that the agency owner has to like- spend a huge amount of time with? Because every everybody listening to this program has to onboard clients at some point. Some of them are onboarding their first two clients. Some of them have onboarded hundreds or even thousands of clients. Mm -hmm. And so like, are there things that you know are going to help to either produce more income or save time in the onboarding stage? Definitely from a time perspective and saving income perspective, it's making sure you're getting really clear. Again, on your statement of work, your scope of deliverables and you know that that word we love to, to say boundaries, right? When when are we going to get in touch with them? When are we going to follow back up with clients? 
um, getting really clear about that upfront will, that's like the gift that keeps on giving right throughout the client management process. But in terms of like just logistically, like I'm onboarding a client. How do I save time doing this? I think there's a couple of things there. You can automate onboarding. There are tools out there that make onboarding really easy. There's a big range. Um, one that I like to go to is actually Dubsado. I think it's um, a little... Got a few more bells and whistles than some of the other lower level ones. But when you start getting into something like HubSpot, it gets very pricey to leverage the automations. And so then I find a lot of business owners, they've signed up for the 50 or whatever dollar a month package of a HubSpot and they find it's really not doing much for them. Um, so Dubsado is one that I like because you can really automate a lot of your onboarding process. Yeah. So leverage automation when whenever possible. And then it almost feels counterintuitive, but I also love a kickoff call. Like I love me a good kickoff call with the client, with the team, because what you can accomplish in a quick 20 or 30 minute meeting, like everybody's there, everybody's getting briefed, everybody knows what's going on. That saves you so much time down the road. Talking with another agency owner, they do content creation. And what's happening is the agency owners doing the sales call they're passing to the account manager. Well, they're kind of missing the mark on tone. They didn't really know this was the initiative they wanted to push. Like there gets this gap in knowledge from sales call to content Mm. creation. And that gap can get filled in onboarding. So if you have a proper onboarding and you're properly passing the baton, then that eliminates. And what that does is that saves you time because back with revisions. We don't write with a client's not, wait a second, I thought you were going to do all these amazing things for me. This is totally missing the mark. So I, I just say never underestimate the power of a kickoff call because I really think it is a huge time saver. Yeah, that's cool. I, I could I didn't know if you were going to go the the route of, you know, the owner doesn't have to be on the kickoff call, but it sounds like you kind of see or at least if whoever's selling. Whoever's selling selling yes. should should have some kind of transition uh, yes. interaction with uh, with the client going into into delivery. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So whoever is doing that selling really needs to have a really nice handoff. Um, and I think, and this could even be something that's attached to a team meeting. Like you're going to take a few minutes, you're going to address incoming clients, what they've got going on um, and and go from there. So I I think, like I said, I mean, you can cover a lot of ground in even like 15 or 20 minutes and tell them what's going on. And that can be for a couple of clients. But the point is, is really making sure the team is up to speed on what they're about to get handed is very, very valuable. Hey, agency owners, are you looking for a strategic and reliable white label partner to scale your agency business? E2M is the number one white label partner for digital agencies when it comes to website design, web development, e-commerce, SEO, and content writing. E2M is trusted by over 150 agency partners and has been providing white label services for the last 10 years. Their team has over 170 experts and is on a mission to help 500 agencies increase their revenue and profit margins with impactful white label services. Check out their transparent and flexible white label pricing at e2msolutions.com forward slash gurus. That's www.e, the number two, msolutions.com forward slash u-g-u-r-u-s. E2M is currently running a special discount for 10% off for your first three months. Check it out now. It's available for a limited time. Do you think some, maybe a lot of agency owners like to work 60-hour weeks? Because I, I sometimes see people like you free up their time 
And then they just like fill it right back up, right? It's like yes. it's like if you ever been like on the beach, right? And you like see like like you like dig this like bit this brilliant like you know like sandcastle or whatever, and then you build like this little like moat around it, you know, and then like uh-huh. it just it comes and the water comes up and it it like washes it away, and then you're like digging it again, you know. Like sometimes I feel <laughs> right like in the same spot, yeah, right. <laughs> like sometimes you like help an agency, like you help a business owner free up 10 hours a week. And they're like, oh, this is so great. And then you talk to them like like a month later and they're like, oh, now I'm doing twice as many sales calls, right? Which is cool. I guess the business is growing. But I do feel like I see like some people just tend to to work a lot. Like how do you, can, any, any thoughts on how to break that cycle or, or whether it's even a, something that needs to be addressed? It is tough, I think, because there's definitely this hustle culture, right? And I almost feel like if you're not, it's like this idea, if I'm not busy and I'm not grinding away, then I didn't earn it. And I don't get to, right, like have the agency or no one's going to take me seriously if they see me, you know, on the beach in the middle of the day sort of mentality. And I know that was one I felt early on. And work-life balance is a huge core value of mine. I have never been a person who works 50 or 60 hours a week. I'm not now, nor will I ever be. And I've still managed to double my revenue over the last couple, like double, double again. So it's definitely possible. And I work 25 to 30 hours a week. So it's about being smart. It's about being intentional and allowing yourself that space to enjoy the time and not get caught up in this idea that if I'm not grinding away, um, I don't know, sometimes it's weird. It's like they feel like they don't deserve it, right? Or like it's going to slip through their fingers if if they don't continue to like nose to the grindstone. And I, I think I was guilty of that. I, I had this mindset of, gosh, well, if I'm not working 60 hours a week, I, I don't want it bad enough. You know, like I just don't want it bad enough. And I'm like, no, like that equals burnout. That equals exhaustion. Like that's not why I I decided to do this. Um, and so having that fear of, well, no one's going to take me seriously or they're not going to think I'm passionate enough or any of that. When I got over all that, oh, great things started happening. I'm well-rested. <laughs> <laughs> just went to bush gardens with the fam it was great <laughs> very nice well 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 here's to, to bush gardens and sleep and rest and no burnout i'm sure many of our listeners uh might find that an enticing idea and from melissa's point of view today you do that through better workflows starting to uh maybe shift away from sops starting to empower your team to take some of those those things off your plate and help you grow and scale your agency. So uh, you got a quick second to stick around for our lightning round, Melissa? I do. I'm ready. What is the best advice you've ever received? It is start as you intend to finish, which I think follows up very nicely to the story I just shared. You can't start working 67 hours a week and think you can just stop working 60 and 70 hours a week and that work's going to magically vanish, right? It's not a flip of the switch type of scenario. So slow and steady wins the race. Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? Sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Very on brand today. That's good. So on Uh, Can you share an internet resource, a tool or app that you use that you think our listeners would find valuable? So there is, this is going to sound funny, but it's actually my smartwatch. There's a timer on it. And I really love to utilize that timer. It's uh, maybe a bit of the Pomodoro method, right? Like if I know I've got, I'm like, put my head down for 30 minutes and get this done. I set the little timer on my watch, close out all the tabs, 
get it done. Or and it's not always necessarily 30 minutes, but I leverage that a lot to keep me focused and okay, you're gonna do this for this long and then we're moving on. And it really helps. The the Siri babysitter, as I call it. So it's uh, wonderful. <laughs> very cool. And uh what book could you recommend and why? Ah, uh, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. It is one of my favorite books. I've read it a couple of times. And I think if you are someone who's maybe caught in some of that hustle culture, that work, 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 why can't I stop working? There there could be some good nuggets in there um, for someone especially who's feeling that way. Awesome. We will link out to The Big Leap. We will... Also link out to, uh, I don't know how we linked to the timer on the, we'll just say in the, in the show notes. Uh, you any know, timer, just find any a timer. timer. Find a timer. I'll uh, find an Amazon kitchen timer. There we go. I've got, I have a, you can't see it on video. I have a, a desk Pomodoro like kitchen <laughs> timer. Oh, there you go. Uh, you can buy it on Amazon for, oh no, I just, I just dialed it a little bit on accident. It's going to beep at me in like one minute. <laughs> All right, I'm going to link out to a timer on the show notes. Uh, we'll also link out to Dubsado, which was mentioned in today's episode, as well as HubSpot. Check it out, yougurus.com slash podcast. If you're listening this week, of, you'll see Melissa's photo at the top. Click on Melissa, and you'll get some takeaways, nuggets for today. Please share this episode. Uh, if you've got some friends or uh, other agencies that you know that could use today's insights, please share it. Uh, link out on yougurus.com forward slash podcast. Melissa, how can folks find out more about you? Is there anything that you have that they can check out? Yeah, if you want to hop over to uh, youragencyauthority.com slash learn more, there's um, some good stuff there. Got lots of good blogs, lots of good info there that you can check out. Or hop over to LinkedIn and send me a DM, DM over there. I'm at Melissa V. Morris. Very cool. Well, if you are on the road or on your bike and you didn't weren't able to write that down, just go to YouGurus, click on podcast, click on Melissa's episode. We'll link out to her website, youragencyauthority.com slash learn more. We'll link to her social media profile and all those other resources that we just mentioned in today's episode. So check it out. Become a super fan of Melissa and the great work that she's doing over at Agency Authority. Uh, you'll get lots of resources and insights on how to work on these workflows and scale and get your time back and all that good stuff. So, Melissa, thanks for stopping by the program today. Oh, thanks so much. Appreciate it, Brent. And that's it for this week's episode of the Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming to you to help you grow your digital agency so you can achieve freedom in business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. We put together an agency accelerator package for agency owners and growing freelancers looking to scale. We've got all kinds of free resources like the 39 lead gen strategies checklist, our $20,000 website proposal template, live trainings hosted by yours truly, free access to our community group, and much, much more. Get access now and dive in at yougurus.com forward slash agency. That's yougurus.com forward slash agency.